The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 9th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily she does everything you do because the woman in your life is you hello everybody and welcome to women's spaces my name is elaine b holtz and i'm your host and with me at the board is my friend my partner my engineer and co-producer ken norton good morning ken good morning oh what a beautiful day it is here a little bit you know from the fires a little bit hazy you know it was really a concern of ours the other day when we woke up and we could smell it but hopefully things are clearing up boy we are going through some great changes on this planet that's for sure well i have a special guest this morning joining me on the phone will be shakina black who is the coordinator for the peace and justice center she's going to give us an update once again on some of the activities happening at the peace and uh, justice center and talk about about how the center is handling the pandemic and also a possible opening. We all have our fingers crossed. Also happening is their annual Peace and Justice Awards event that's going to be happening in November. And regarding, uh, you know, out there, folks listening can nominate someone regarding how to nominate people for the awards. And I quote from the Peace Press. Peace JC members, as well as the public, are encouraged to participate in the nominating process. You can nominate as many categories as you like. Uh, there are several there are several uh, categories, and that's what Shakina and I are going to be talking about. So pay attention because this is an opportunity. There's some activists out there that you feel has done some really good work, and you would like to nominate them. Please be my guest and. Also, you know, like I said, she's going to go, she's going to go through all the different, uh, the different awards when we get into the conversation. And I'm really interested in hearing about that because it's very important. One of the things that I recognize, it is very important that we acknowledge people when they do something, when they do things for peace, when they do things for the community, for the homeless. I mean, there's so many, so many active groups in our county and in San Francisco and in the whole North Bay here. And it's really wonderful to be able to have this opportunity to nominate someone as a way of saying thank you. I mean, they may not get in, but at least they're getting some attention. Very, very important. Well, I have a few announcements to make. Uh, I just found out about this group. It's called Braver Angels. And these uh, folks, they are, uh, it's a highly structured conversation group. And they bring different debates and different things uh, to the community to educate us. Because I think that is one of the biggest problems we have in our culture right now. Is we're listening to too many fake news. Excuse me, when I say fake news, some of the alternative where these lies are coming forward. And people do not do research. And this is another way to get information. If you're not willing to do research, at least listen to some of these debates. And the debate is going to be happening uh, this Wednesday. Uh, based on there's over 1.7 million registered voters in California. And what's going to be happening on September 14th, there's going to be a recall. And what's going to be happening, the uh, Bay Area Brave Angels are going to have a debate on Wednesday, uh, August 11th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, Pacific Standard Time. 
And again, the Brave Angels debate is a structured conversation in which a group of people think together. And they have four, there's going to be eight different people on a panel four will be for the uh, for the recall four will be against the recall and if you want to get some information and get the all the different uh, information about the codes and how to get onto the zoom uh, what you do is you uh, contact a woman by the name of Syrian O'Connor and the email for her is c i a r a n at Brave, B-R-A-V-E, angels, A-N-G-E-L-S dot org. Oh, excuse me. It's Braver Angels. Oh, let me, let me, let me give this again. C-I-A-R-A-N at Braver, B-R-A-V-E-R, angels, A-N-G-E-L-S dot org. And that you can get all kinds of information uh, about the debate and how to get on to the Zoom. And that's going to be this Wednesday, the 11th from uh, 6.30 to 8.30. Really, it's so important that we find out about these things. I myself have a lot of mixed feelings about this recall. It feels like they're more revenge, and it also feels like some parties, maybe they can't get into office, and this is kind of a way to get in through the back door, get everybody all riled up about some some issue. I don't know. The world is crazy. Anyway, another announcement I have is the Sonoma County chapter, the National Organizations for Women Now, is going to, we're changing our uh, monthly meeting this month. It's going to be Thursday, uh, August 26, 2021, and from 6 to 8 p.m. And what that is, is uh, August 26 is Women's Equality Day, and it's also the day we celebrate 101 a year since we got the vote. I'll tell you, ladies, we're still struggling. That's why this is so important. And I'm really excited. What's going to be happening is the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors is going to honor the calendar that the National Organization for Women uh, produced for the centennial last year. You know, we had the pandemic and many, many, and many folks were working so hard to do presentations, but most of them were canceled or some of them were done on the Zoom. I mean, there was a set, there was some activity, but basically what happened as a historic document document the national organization for women the sonoma county chapter was able to produce this wonderful calendar and what we what they've done is is everybody that's still here still alive blessings <laughs> like myself you know i'm in the calendar and i'm still alive uh, they're all going to be on the zoom talking about their experience their activism and and another way to do a shout out and our own board of supervisors uh linda hopkins is going to be doing the presentation and from what i understand so far molly murphy mcgregor mcgregor the founder of the national women's uh, history alliance will be on i'm also going to interview her uh, later on in the month and then jill rab our Sonoma County District Attorney, who was the first district attorney, first woman district attorney in Sonoma County, and also she's facing a recall, which I just think is so bogus. And then also we found out that wonderful Gayla Barron, our historian and journalist with the Press Democrat, is going to show up at the meeting, and also former uh, Congresswoman and one of my favorite people in the whole world, Lynn Woolsey, who was a former U.S. representative from 1993 to 2013. It's just wonderful. So uh, if you're interested in uh, joining the Zoom, go on the uh, now, uh, Sonoma, NowSonoma.org website and you have all the information there. Or you can, of course, everything will be listed on Women's Spaces at www.org. 
womenspaces.com. Lots going on. No need to be bored. You know, just zoom in. I'm beginning to actually, I'm beginning to enjoy Zooms. I'm beginning to see what a, a wonderful way to communicate with one another. And you don't have to get in your car. You know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to worry about renting a room and all the things that happen. And I think Zoom is, Zoom is here to stay with us. And I, I'm kind of happy about that. Well, you know, as I do every, every Monday, we do a little thing on our history is our strength. Now, why is that important? And today's a very historical day. So, you know, why is that important? Because we have to understand the shoulders that we're standing on. We have to understand the past, you know, the good things of the past that we can even improve and make better and the negative things that maybe we can overcome and we can assess. But if we don't look at our history and we don't look at what other people have accomplished, our um, our confidence is a little bit uh, weighed. I know for myself, you know, I have some some great women that really I admire that every time I get down or I get a bit a little bit nervous or I say to myself things are not going to work out, I turn to them and I wow, I say to myself, wow, if they can do it, so can I. So here here we go. Um on August 8th, which is, that was yesterday, but today is the 9th, but we're still celebrating it. Executive Order 11478 issued by President Nixon requires, listen to this, each federal department and agency establish and maintain affirmative action programs of equal employment opportunity for civilian employees and applicants. That was a huge step. It was a huge step to make sure that we had equality. And as you know, affirmative action has been on the table and fought for the, ever since it became a reality. But this was when it happened on August 8th, 1969. And then on August 9th, which is today in 1995, this is a very, very short time ago, Roberta Cooper Ramo, becomes the first woman to hold the office of president of the American Bar Association. So let's look at it. We get the vote in, say, 1920, and it takes to 1995 till we finally have a woman at the helm at the Bar Association, which I think is very interesting. But, you know, we've come a long way, baby, and that is so true. And then on August 10th, this is a very exciting uh, event. In 1993, and unfortunately she's no longer with us, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sworn in as the second woman and 107th justice to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. And what an appointment that was. I mean, she really, really made some amazing steps for women. And then we have some happy birthdays. Yay, happy birthday. Uh, on August 13th, we'll be celebrating the birthday of, uh, she was born August 13th, 1818, and she made her her uh, transition in uh 1893, that was Lucy Stone, who was a suffragist and supporter of the rights for women and African Americans, holding, kept her own name, boldly kept her own name when she married. Well, think of that. Now we, I mean, there's so many own names now. Women can hold their own name. Just think that this was a bold step for this woman who was born in 1818 and made her transition in 1893, Lucy Stone. And she was a an amazing woman. Look her up. I mean, historically, we have a lot to be grateful for her that she brought us as far as she did. And then uh, also a birthday on August 13th, uh, 
1893 was when she was born, and she made her transition in 1986. Eva Dykes, first American, first African-American woman to earn a doctoral degree in English from Radcliffe College in 1921. Professor at Howard University and chair of the... English Department at Oakwood College. Now, this woman was born in 1893, and she made it to be the first African-American woman to earn a doctoral degree in English from Radcliffe College in 1921, one year after we got the vote. That was a big deal, ladies. You know, now with the many, many women are crossing the stage with master's degrees, PhDs, you name it. But back then, it was a phenomena. And what we have to recognize is that we not we did not always have these opportunities. We really did not. Now, I found something very, very interesting. I'm going to save this for the last part. And that's August 12th. She was born August 12th, 1889, and she made her transition in 1991. Zerna Sharp was her name. C-E-R-N-A. Zerna Sharp. What did Zerna do? She was the author She's actually called the mother of Dick and Jane series. And when I went to grammar school, this is how I learned to read. Did you learn how to read from Dick and James? Uh, Dick and Jane, Ken? I yeah, did. Ken, Ken also, both of us. You know, I mean, this, this is from our generation. You know, I was born in 1940, and this was a big, big deal. So, uh, happy birthday. She was born August 12th, and she's the mother of Dick and Jane, helped create the popular reading series with bright, action picture stories and one new word on each page god i remember it was like yesterday let's see there was there was dick there was jane there was the cat puff i can't remember what the dog's name oh spot was the dog right and then there was mom and mom and dad and every once in a while they would bring in grandma and grandpa and i'll tell you this is what formed our ideas when we were growing up so this was a really an important an important event because for the first time it was really making it a lot easier for children to read, have more fun, and to read special children books. So, so happy birthday, Zena Sharp, author of the Dick and Jane series. Boy, I remember it was like it was yesterday. And you know, I was always in in uh, in group one when I was reading, and it's it's so interesting now that I'm older, I'm having a hard time reading, and I just, I think of those days when I was younger, and I could read all these books, and now, now I'm starting to, to read, I'm starting to do books uh, that are recorded, which is kind of interesting, you know, you kind of sit back, close your eyes, and just listen to the story, and you know, it's a lot easier, I feel like I'm comprehending even more than when I'm reading. Because reading sometimes can be a strain for some people. So if, you, if you're not into reading, I think it's really good to listen to some of these recordings. They're really a lot of fun. Well, like I said, today is a very special day. And I want to honor this. I want to take this time to really honor. Today is International Day of the of World's Indigenous Peoples. You know, it's so interesting because it's also the day that, it's also the day, uh, I think it's about 75 years ago now that we dropped the atomic bomb on Nagasaki. And you know, it's, it's, it's just when you think about, when here it is, International Day of the World's Indigenous People, and at the same time, some several decades ago, this horrendous act happened. You know, when you think about it, when you think about it, war is such a bore and so unnecessary and so destructive. 
you know, I'm looking at a lot of these films, for example, when I look at, you know, past in uh, World War One and World War Two, and it just breaks my heart when you think of what some of these young people went through on the battlefield. And then when you see what's happening globally, you know, with the climate change and some of the issues around climate with the floods and the fires and the earthquakes, and you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, and here it is, International Day of World's Indigenous People. And let me tell you, these people have been warning us about what's going to happen for centuries. And nobody's listening. So I'm going to, I'm going to read, I want to read this so I really get this very clear to my listeners that they understand how important this day is. The International Day of the World's Indigenous People is observed on August 9th each year. Today is August 9th. To raise awareness and protect the rights of the world indigenous population. This event also recognizes the achievements and contribution that indigenous people uh, make to improve world issues such as environmental protection. It was sponsored by the United Nations General Assembly in December of 1994, making the day of the first meeting of the UN Working Group on Indigenous Population of the Subcommission on the Promotion and Protection of Human Rights in 1982. By Resolution 49-214 of December 23, 1994, the United Nations General Assembly decided that the International Day of the World's Indigenous People shall be observed on August 9th every year. The date marks the day of the first meeting in 1982 of the UN Working Group on Indigenous Populations of the Subcommittee on the Promotion and Protection of Human, of human Rights. Now here's a little, a little history for us. There are an estimated 476 million indigenous people in the world living across 90 countries. They make up less than 5% of the world population, but account for 15% of the poorest. They speak in an overwhelming majority of the world's estimated. I had no idea 7,000 languages and represent 5,000 different cultures. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of, of stations like KBBF is that we are honoring Hispanic, you know, Latin people and also Mexican Americans and indigenous. We have a new indigenous, uh, 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 language program that's on. So the indigenous population is alive and well and very important because they give us, they give us a warning. They give us ideas on how we can have a better world. You know, human, this, there's, I looked up a person, uh, when I was trying to do, uh, indigenous, uh, looking at the indigenous day, you know, today's the, uh, International Day of the World's Indigenous People. I thought, you know, who, who historically is that I can bring forward to honor? And I found a very, very interesting, uh, issue about uh, Chief Seattle. Uh, Chief Seattle uh, was a Native American. He was born in 1786 and made his transition in 1866. He was a Squeamish and Dwemish, S-U-Q-U-A-M-I-S-H and D-U-W-A-M-I-S-H chief. According to history, he was a leading figure among his people, pursued a path of accommodation to white settlers, forming personal relationship with Doc Maynard, uh, the city of Seattle in, in uh, the United States, state of Washington. And actually, the, this uh, Seattle, Washington was named after 
uh, Chief Seattle. And what he came up with, uh, which I think is very important to really start looking at, he called, he said, treat the earth and all that dwells herein with respect. And then he gave us 10 rules, you know, like the 10 commandments. We have the 10 commandments in the Bible. Well, this is the 10 rules uh, according, I will call them the 10 commandments according to Chief Seattle. And I want to read them to you. And I, I really believe when you listen to the uh, 10, the 10 issues here, you will hear the indigenous people speaking even today when they're doing the outcry, trying to protect their lands, trying to protect their waters. You know, just to think that we are, and to in the United States, we are having a drought here in California. Water, water, water is life. Without water, we can't live. We're 95% water. We need water, and when we don't get water, we're in big trouble. Not only are we in trouble, but all the plants, all the animals, everything needs water. And we really have to be aware and listen to some of the cries that are happening, particularly from our youth, who are following, trying to follow the indigenous way, which I think is very interesting. So I'm going to list, I'm going to read this very slowly, and this will also be on our website here at, uh, at com. And you know, it's really interesting in our kitchen, in our kitchen, we have something similar to this by Native Americans. And I read it every morning to remind myself the mystery and miracle of the earth. And our mother, our mother earth provides everything that we need to sustain ourselves. And, you know, it's just like our own bodies. If we don't take care of our own bodies, they don't sustain us. If we don't take care of the earth, we're going to be in deep trouble. And we're all so in trouble. I mean, I, I couldn't believe I was watching last night. We turned on the television. And I couldn't believe the floods. I mean, it's just amazing in the craziest places, in places that people. Oh, we we never expected that one. And then another another village, this Greenville, uh, California, was wiped, was burned down. That's remember Paradise last year. Well, now it's Greenville this year. I mean, whole communities are being destroyed by some of these issues around climate change. And from what I understand, which is to me is just so sad, one of the fires may have been started by a campfire. And you know, folks, if we do not take responsibility, each and every one of us, for our earth and for where we are, this is these are some of the consequences. We have to wake up. You know, our young people call it woke. we got to woke up. And start looking when we go to a campground. Be very, very careful. Make the after extra effort. We're in a drought. Everything is dry. It goes up like a minute. It's very, very sad what's happening. But maybe this, this here, when I read these Ten Commandments, this is really what, excuse me, uplifts me. So here's the first one. Number one, treat the earth and all the dwells, all that dwells within with respect. Two, remain close to the great spirit. Three, show respect to your fellow beings. Show respect to your fellow beings. You're not showing much respect when you go and bomb a country, you know. Show respect for your fellow beings. Number four, work together for the benefit of all mankind. All of us, we're all in this together. Five, give assistance and kindness wherever needed. Six, do what you know to be right. 
That's a hard one. Do what you know to be right. Because oftentimes we all have the different idea about being right is. And you know what I think? What I think is do what you know to be right. It's not right to harm the earth. It's not right to harm another human being. It's not right to harm an animal. So there you go. Now we know what's right. Right is to take care of one another. So do what you know to be right. And to do the right thing is to have no harm. Seven, look after the well-being of mind and body. You know, it's really interesting when I think of that one. Look after the well-being of mind and body. You know, I'm 81 years old now, and I'm right now I'm having some health challenges. And when I look at it, when I look at these health channel challenges, I think back over my life, and I think I could have prevented a lot of this stuff if I took better care of my body. If I looked after the well-being of my mind and body a little bit more closely. But it's never too late, so I'm doing that now. (laughs) Number eight, dedicate a share of your efforts to the greater good. Dedicate a share of your efforts to the greater good. That means find a way to give, to share. Number nine, be truthful and honest at all times. Now, right now, we're living in a time where there's so many lies going on. Even in the Ten Commandments, we call ourselves a Christian nation. It says, thou shall not bear false witness, which means thou shall not lie. And here it is here by Chief Seattle saying, be truthful and honest at all times. And, you know, my father, one time I told a, uh, a, a lie to my dad. You know, and he caught me on it, you know, and he got a hold of me. He says, okay, Elaine, so I know you got this lie. He says, you notice how much effort it takes to lie? You got to cover it up. You got to make up stories. He says, it's always the best way is to be as honest as you can. And I'm not saying being as honest as you can sometimes is not, is not pleasant because it is unpleasant sometimes. And sometimes people or situations happen and you don't want to face it or someone doesn't want to hear it. But it's so important to be honest. And to be truthful at all times. I mean, really, how else can you trust anything? If someone's lying all the time, how can you trust them? And then the number number 10. Now, this is really the hard one. Take full responsibility for your actions. Take full responsibility for your actions. Very, very important. So these are the these are the ten the ten commandments from Chief Seattle, and I think they make a lot of sense to me. And I really appreciate all of our indigenous population. I appreciate them speaking out, standing up for the earth, standing up for the waters, and we as inhabitants need to open our ears, open our eyes, and open our mouth, and let's start making more and more changes. Well, that's it. That's a lot to think about. It really is. And we are going to take a musical break. And what I try to do with the music is I always try to integrate it with what our topic is. And and this song is called P- uh, Pale Moon. It's um, it's sung by a woman by the name of uh, uh, Becky Hobbs, which I believe is it's just a perfect song to reflect on Indigenous People's Days. And beside, the song inspires me in a very deep and profound way. And it comes, this is one of the songs from the musical that Becky Hobbs wrote about her, gra- her great-great-great-grandmother, Naya Hay, the beloved, beloved woman of the Cherokee. So we're going to go ahead and play that song. And when we return, I will be talking to Shakina Black, who is the coordinator 
coordinator for the Peace and Justice Center. She will be giving us an update on the Peace and Justice Center, uh, answering that big question, will they ever open, and also going to give us some information on how you can nominate somebody for their Peace Awards this year in November. So go ahead. Let's go ahead and play Pale Moon, uh, Ken. that song one planet one people one heart 
I love that one heart. You know, I just took a blood test, and as she was drawing blood from me, I said, you know, we all have that red blood when it comes out, don't we? She says, I never saw a different color in anybody at all. And I thought, yeah, but you see the different colors on the outside. Well, what's the outside? It's the inside that counts, the inner voice, the inner self, the inner direction. Lots to think about, but that song to me is one of the most powerful songs written, and it definitely, it definitely to me is a big question that we all need to ask ourselves. You know, why are we here? What are we doing? What are we supposed to be doing? Amazing. Anyway, for you just joining, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here do not necessarily uh, express the opinions of the station, its directors, its members, or women's spaces. Welcome Black, back, Black. Welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest uh, on the phone with me is Shakina Black, who is a regular. She comes on. I think you've been on about every four to five months, Shakina, and I, I want to welcome you again. She is the coordinator for the Peace and Justice Center. So welcome, welcome to Women's Spaces this morning. Thank you, Elaine. So good. I, I, I need to say something about you, first of all. You are a curator of shows with the topics you select and research and the women you interview and the music, the Pale Moon song, for example, was just fabulous. And I think of you, Elaine Holt, and your shows, your women's spacious shows, as an encyclopedia. Like each week, people can tune in and get an encyclopedia worth of wealth of knowledge through you. So bravo for you and all the years you've been holding the space for women's spaces. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, now, before we begin, I'd like to talk a little bit about you, if I could tell folks. Is that okay? That would be great. Shakina Black is, has been a longtime friend of mine for years. I remember when we met Shakina, she was working, I believe, at the Luther Burbank Center. And boy, we went to some wonderful, wonderful concerts at that time. Shakina Black has been the center coordinator at Peace and Justice Center for over three years. I think it's been about five years now, hasn't it? It'll be six years. Oh, my goodness. The executive director. I started out as the center coordinator all those years ago, and... I've been the executive director of the Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County for nearly two years now. That's amazing. I can't believe so much time has gone by. She grew up in Los Angeles County and moved to Sonoma County in 1986 to attend Sonoma State University, where she earned her degree in theater arts. She went on to earn another uh, bachelor's in organizational management and a master's in the entertainment business. Boy, this is wonderful. She is passionate about music as a way to connect people from diverse backgrounds. Additionally, she has her own business called Miracle Productions that she produces bands, concerts, festivals, and events. She does bookings and publicity uh, for the shows at the Redwood Cafe in downtown Katati. Oops. This is Elaine B. Holtz, host and co-producer of Women's Spaces. We had a major glitch in our system and could not continue our interview with Shakina Black, Executive Director for the Peace and Justice Center in Sonoma County. For this segment of the show, I will do it alone, and for your information, because of the problem we had and how we are recording this segment, my voice may sound a little bit different. Shakina and I were talking about the Peace and Justice Center Annual Award Ceremony, which is happening on November 13, 2021. At present, they are seeking nominations from the public for the awards. 
and it looks like the presentation will be happening via Zoom. The first deadline, which is the first step for nominations, and that's when they accept people's nomination to have it send them to the Peace and Justice Center. The cutoff date is August 31st. I will now talk to you how to nominate people for this award. And in honor of International Indigenous Peoples Day, I'm going to play several songs by Becky Hobbs from her musical about her great, 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 five greats there, grandmother Naya Hay, which are so inspiring to me, and I hope my listeners feel the same. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the Peace and Justice Center annual awards. The nominations are due at the center by the 31st of August. The center will be held, the event will be held online on Saturday, November 13, 2021. There are four categories of these of the nominations. The first category is, excuse me, five categories. The first category is Peace and Justice Activist of the Year. This is someone who you feel is active, who's doing a lot in our community, who always shows up, you know, all the things that activists do. The second uh, award or category is the Russ and Mary Jorgensen Courage of Commitment Award. And this is just someone who you feel is really committed to peace, to justice, and is constantly hanging out there. I, I remember when I was working on the Andy Lopez situation, uh, someone that was committed was a friend of mine by Marnie Roth. You know, she had a table every week in front of the sh uh, sheriff's department. She was committed. And that's what I mean by commitment. Someone who is really dedicated and is going the extra mile to make it happen. And I love this award. This is the Unsung Hero Award. You know, oftentimes people are behind the scenes, they're doing things, and nobody pays any attention to them, but they're always there, constantly. They are unsung heroes. They were, you know, the person who maybe sets up all the food table all the time or gets the food or, or someone who does all the technical work. Like I would I would consider an unsung hero, <laughs> Ken, my, my co-producer here, he's behind the scenes all the time while I'm the voice out there getting all the attention. So the unsung hero award. And then there's another award, the Community Organization Award. And we have so many different community organizations that are working towards justice, working towards peace. You know, put your, put your head on and say, well, you know, who do I want to acknowledge? Who do I want to honor? And that's the person that you would, uh, you would nominate. I mean, I just think it's just wonderful that they do this. You know, every year they've been doing this, I think, for the past 25 years. I mean, it's just amazing. And I, it's really sad that we have the pandemic, that we can't go. We used to have a potluck and they had a silent off. And I, I really pray those days come back soon. And then the last category, which I remember when they added this, they added this maybe, maybe five or so many years ago. I mean, I'm a little bit rough on my dates. That's okay. To honor youth. I mean, look at our youth now. They're standing up for the environment. They're standing up for injustice. I think of the youth of the Andy Lopez situation. They were marching. They went to the sheriff's department. I mean, so many young people that are involved, you know, making phone calls, contacting people, marching. There's so many things that young people are doing today. I'm sure without any problem that you will be able to nominate somebody. So I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction exactly what is needed. First of all, 
uh, email to the Peace and Justice Center. And if you go on their website, actually, you're better off going to their website, www.pjc.org. You can find yeah. all the information that you want. No, that's the whole, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the original, that's the uh, website. And also on our website, www.womenspaces.com, you can also find all the information that you need. But this is how you nominate. These are the different things that you need to have on that nomination paper when you're sending the email. Your name, your email address, and your phone number. So that's your private, the person who is nominating. Your nominee's name and contact information. Your relationship with that nominee. Are you a friend? Is it a family? Is it just an acquaintance? And then the specific award which you are nominating. Now, if you're a little confused about that, they said not to worry about it. Just nominate the person. They'll decide what category it goes in. But be as specific as you can. And then a brief biography of the nominee, any background information that describes that person, what they've done, how they've done it, where they've done it, when they've done it, as much information as you can give. And then tell us what that nominee has done to promote peace and social justice and why you feel they should be recognized for their work. So this is where you put your own personal information in there. And then you can go on their website, it's the Peace and Justice Center, and just type in, uh, I'm sorry I don't have the exact email here right now, or the exact site, but just uh, go into your browser and go www.peaceandjusticecenter, Santa Rosa, and I know it will come up. So remember, the deadline is the end of this month. And you have to have your name, your email address, and your phone number on every document that you send them. That's very important. And like I said before, everything that I have just mentioned will also be on our website at www.womenspaces.com. This is a very important event that happens every year. And you know, most people complain. Oh, what am I going to do for peace? How can I do this? How can I do that? Well, here's one thing you can do, and that's by nominating somebody. It's so important that people that do the work are recognized. I mean, look at all the stuff that's recognized that we wish they just shut up about it. You know, this is an opportunity to, to make a positive statement about somebody and also to continue to encourage, to encourage the the whole idea around peace and justice. Although one of the things that I learned from hanging out with people at the Peace and Justice Center is no justice, no peace. Very, very important. Well, that's a lot to think about. And like I said, go to www.womenspaces.com and you'll get all the information that you need. Well, now for this segment, I thought since it's Indigenous uh, People's uh day today, I thought that I would really honor some of the work that Beth, Becky Hobbs has written. And one of the things, she put out an album uh, about her grandmother, Anaya Hay, but I want to just talk a little bit about her. It's really the story of Nancy Ward. Uh, it's based, and it's based on the life of Becky's fifth great-grandmother, Nancy Ward, who is called the Beloved Woman of the Cherokee, who was the first she was the first woman honored as a Cherokee war woman. Oh, my goodness. 
and then as a peacemaker in the 1700s. She was first named Nia Hay and later on known as Nancy Ward. And listening to her album is so beautiful. But this one song, the first song that I'm going to play, which talks about her grandmother, kind of gives you a little bit of a sketch about her, is called Let There Be Peace. So let's go ahead, Ken, and listen to that Let There Be Peace, sung by Nancy Hobbs. Excuse me, Becky Hobbs. Nancy Ward was her grandmother's name. Oh, boy, how we get these names mixed up. That's okay. Are you ready, Ken? Go ahead and play that. I was born in a field of corn In the land of the Cherokee I did my chores, but I knew there was more than my eyes could see I married young he was brave and strong but he died fighting for his creed I took his place but I vowed someday that we would live in peace let there be Stretched on to the warrior's song, but a change whispered through the wind. The white man's heart beats the same as ours. When will we understand? Our children died, and the white wolf cried. All ye people lay down. We may live as one Let there be peace Let there be love Let life fly free As the morning dove Let every heart Hear the song I sing Let there be love Let there be peace Still 
alive. Let there be peace. Let there be love. Let life fly free as the morning dove. Let every heart hear the song I sing. Let there be love. Let there be peace. Let there be love. Let there be What a beautiful song. What a beautiful, beautiful song about this woman and her life. You know, she was born in a field of corn. You know, I was thinking of when I listened to that song, I think of the good earth. I don't know if people saw the good earth. That was a, a film that was put out in, I believe, 1940s that they, they did a rerun on it. And the woman was, she gets married and gets pregnant, of course, and she's working in the rice field with her husband. And she just, just dismisses herself and says, I have to go over here and goes and has the baby and then comes back and starts picking the rice with him. I mean, it was just amazing. Well, that's how I see her. She was born in a field of corn. Oh, what a beautiful song. Well, now we're going to play another song that I really like. And this is actually the story of her grandmother. This talks about her adventures. This talks about all the different things that she went through and also talks about her attitude and her prayer, her prayer for peace, her prayer for love, her, pre her prayer for companionship, you know, and, and, there, and also talks about the importance of giving, giving back to the community giving back to each other. It's very, very interesting. And when we come back, we'll end the show. And this is really a wonderful song. You know, every, you know, once in a while, when I play these songs, I would love my listeners to go ahead and email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. Let me know what you think about the music. Okay, Ken, let's go ahead and play Naya Hay. Heard. You will be heard. 
What a story that song is. It really is amazing to me. I love Becky Hobbs. I just think she is just one of the finest writers and, and singers that I've heard in a long time, especially when she tells the story of her grandmother. It's just amazing. Anyway, for you folks just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host and also the co-producer. And just to let you know if my voice sounds a little bit different uh, as you're listening uh, than I usually sound, it's because of the way that we're recording the program. We had a little problem with today's show when we first did it. We couldn't get the second segment, and so we're doing it later on. So I just want you folks to know that if my voice sounds a little bit different, it's okay. Anyway, today we're honoring the uh, indigenous people across the globe. And I talked at the beginning of the show about Chief, uh, Chief Seattle, who uh, they named Seattle, Washington, actually, afterwards. And I gave the Ten Commandments that, uh, that Chief Seattle wrote. And I thought it might be a good idea to read one of his poems, which I think is just amazing. But this is, uh, Chief Seattle wrote this in 1854. 1854, we were still struggling with the issues that we're struggling today. And that is, how in the heck do we live on this planet together in peace? I mean, war war is obsolete. You know, war is destructive. It's not productive. I was thinking the other day, I was talking to my friend, June Prashares, and we were talking about different regulations and different rules and laws and all that. And I really believe that the one, the main law should be do no harm. Don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt the earth. Don't hurt children. Don't hurt animals. Recognize each other as a human family. We are all brothers and sisters. I mean, who was the first mother, for heaven's sakes? We all come from the first mother. So I'm going to read this poem uh, by Chief Seattle that he wrote in 1854, which I think goes along pretty well with this. Here we go. Humankind has not woven the web of life. We are but one thread within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. Just think about that. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together. All things connect. All things are bound together and all things connect. It's really interesting, that last line, all things connect. I was just talking to my dear friend Mary Norman on the phone about a friend of hers who lives in New York and they're getting smoke from the Dixie Fire. Well, the time has come to say goodbye. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. And like I do every, every show, remind you, our children are the future. 
and we're going to go out with our song, The Woman in Your Life is You, sung by Alec Dobkin. sure to give you courage and who will surely make you strong who will bear all the joy that is coming to you if not a woman in your life as she's someone to pursue she's patient and she's waiting and take you home now the woman in your life she can wait so easily she knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you because the woman in your life the woman in your life the woman in your life The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 9th, 2021.